Are you ready? Awesome. One of the mountains that Daniela and I faced when coming back from Switzerland was that she wasn't able to work and I had a big mortgage. So she married into a, a bit of debt. <laughs> um, but we, one of our ways of facing that mountain was to choose a somewhat smaller mountain. And what happened was we said we could do it and we believed we could. Um, so we, have, we are somewhat still in the process of building a tiny house which is a, a way to make our living financially stable. So if you have a look, in March this year, when we got back, we um, purchased a trailer. It's quite, quite large, you might have noticed. It's actually 11.6 meters long. And if we skip right to how it was about a month ago, this is what it looks like now on the outside. Um, but if you look at it, kind of skip the process, skip the steps, it can be a bit daunting, don't you think? Like... A bit miraculous, you might say, but um, intimidating. And for somebody who doesn't really have in much building experience at all, um, for us to do it ourselves would have been a bit crazy. Um, but when we go back and have a, a bit of a look through the different steps, we can see that it's a little bit less intimidating. And you begin to see that underneath the layers, there's a process. And... What I want to talk about this morning is moving mountains and how when we're just in the valley looking up at a mountain, it can often feel daunting, feel like uh, you're powerless to some degree. But if you break it down to steps and you, and you climb that mountain one step at a time, I believe with God we can overcome any mountain. But I want to talk this, this morning specifically more about one of the many tools that God gives us to overcome mountains in our lives. Um, and this tool actually is often one of the most, I believe, underrated tools because it's the most common, and it's our words, our speech. It's easy for them to sneak under the radar or for us to kind of just disregard them. Did you know that the, the average New Zealander will have about 30 conversations a day? That means between 2,000 and 20,000 words. Crazy, Yeah. A lot of what we say may seem unimportant, but words actually have incredible power. Let's start off with, with looking at God's Word and how God's Word is supernatural. And I don't just want to throw the word supernatural out there. Like supernatural means by nature, His Word is super powerful. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? It's not just, oh, sometimes, it's not just every now and then, oh, if you get it right. No, by nature, His Word is supernatural. How many, of, how many of you know that for yourself? Can I tell you that it's not just head knowledge, heart knowledge, core knowledge, without a doubt. Can I tell you that your awareness of how supernatural God's Word is, com- is completely up to you. You choose how much of His Word you let influence your life. You choose when to come to church. You choose when to read the Bible. You choose when to listen to Him. You choose what to believe. If you're yet to know the power of God's Word in your life, it's time, I think, to make a few different choices. Or if you want more, maybe you already are somewhat aware of that, um, let's be even more intentional. There's always more when it comes to God. There's always a a deeper um, aspect we can learn. He is the King of abundance, and He's always got more in store for us. God spoke words in the beginning. God spoke words and the heavens and the earth were created. Do you think that if he had just thought the heavens and earth, it would have been created? Or maybe if he had just written it down somewhere? 
I mean, I mean, honestly, because he's God, it probably would have still happened. <laughs> but there's a reason that he used words. Let's not just pass that no by. There's a reason that with his words, literally life, creation came into being. We've got to pay more attention to these things that we throw around all the time. These things that we say 2,000, 20,000 a day. Romans 4 verse 17 says, God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. When Jesus spoke, things happened. He calmed the waters. He cast out demons. Dead were raised. The sick were healed. Simply by speaking a word. Jesus is our example, and we are called to imitate him. John 14 verse 12 says, He that believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. Jesus spoke with authority. There was a weight, a force behind his words, a confidence, a knowing in the power of God and the power of his voice. Jesus' words released spiritual power that demons had to obey. Jesus spoke words to trees, to storms, to sickness, to dead men, and something changed every time. He spoke words that, that, we hear, that he heard from his Father, and with faith they worked. Luke 4 verse 36 says, what, what a word is this, for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. So we all know without a doubt now that God's word is supernatural, yeah? What, what we can easily forget sometimes is that our words are powerful. Our words are powerful. We are created in God's image. Just the same as Jesus' words are powerful, our words can also be powerful, can produce life. God tells us that so much of our future is influenced by our mouths, which reflect what's in our heart. Romans 10 verse 9 to 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Matthew 17 verse 19 says, Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Our words are incredibly powerful. It's time for us to open up our eyes and see this fact. When we are linked with the Holy Spirit-filled faith and agree with God's word, amazing things can happen. Mark 11, verse 23 to 24 says, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in, your, in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Notice it says, ask in prayer and say to the mountain. It didn't say, uh, Jesus didn't say, talk about your mountain. Oh, quick, go and tell 10 friends about it. It didn't say, ignore your mountain. It didn't say, oh, pretend it doesn't exist. No, he said, talk to the mountain. Just like the many times I've seen people healed, when, I, when I've spoken, it, it, it opens the door for God's power to step in. I'm willing to bet that most of the time I've seen people pray, if I didn't actually speak, 
God wouldn't have moved. Way too often we get on our knees and beg God to do something for us. But what we need to do is realize that Jesus has already done it all. He paid the price for everything at the cross. We just need to speak up and remind the enemy that he is defeated and that we have the victory. Unfortunately, words are are also very powerful when used by the enemy. The words we agree with in our hearts and speak with our mouth not only shape our present and determine our future, but can also affect others' lives and situations. Words are like living seeds that can produce fruit when spoken and can carry either life or death. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Right from the, right from the beginning, right from the Garden of Eden, there's been a battle for our agreement. Satan got Adam and Eve to agree and confess with words that led to death. When Satan influences our speech, no wonder so often in the Bible words are are described as rust or deadly poison or snake venom, fire, arrows, wounds. I'm sure every one of us have have experienced words that have hurt us like that. For some of us, words are our, our biggest gifting, which can also be our biggest weakness. Some of us love to talk like a lot and we can be really good at it, but if our tongue isn't submitted to God, I'm willing to bet that it often does more damage than good. Even if our words are unintentionally damaging, we're still the ones responsible. When we agree with and declare the word of God, it leads to life. God wants us not only to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, but He wants us to be transformed and be transformation agents in our agreement and our speech. We need to take a step closer to God by inviting Him in to transform our language. It's got to be an overflow of our minds. It's not coincidence that when the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost and manifested as tongues of fire, and the most common evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a new language. That is what God wants for all of us. A Holy Spirit-inspired, world-changing language. It may be easy for some of us to think we have this, which is awesome. I love it. But there's always more. Let's take a step closer. God is calling us to lay down our tongue afresh so He can empower us even more. Because Jesus has has set us free, we can say whatever we want. How many of us know that? (laughs) But with this freedom comes great responsibility. You can say what you want, but you will reap, reap what you sow. You are responsible for what influence you have in the world around you. I wonder how often you ask this question, are you, are you being a blessing? John 3 verse 10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. Does that make sense to you guys? Let the weak say, I am strong? It doesn't say, wait until you feel strong and then claim it. No, it says, in the midst of your weakness, speak strength into yourself. Use your words to minister to yourself and build yourself up in the Lord. Negative words or words under the influence of the enemy can so easily destroy. Proverbs 12 verse 18 says, Reckless words pass like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. 
Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes, crushes the spirit. We are called to grow in favor, anointing, and power. Amen? And to do this, we need to be careful with our words. Far too often we're unaware of the effects that our words really have on people. Take some time to think about what you're going to say before you say it. Remember, the mouth is just the overflow of the heart, so maybe we have some work we need to do in our, in our hearts, a deeper issue we need to work through. The more responsible we are with our words, I believe, the more that they are yielded to God, the more He's going to empower them, the more influence He's going to give us. When we speak God's word out loud, when we confess His truth, that's what we think on, and we replace the negative in our heart and mind and the po- with the positive, powerful word of God. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There are people who look up to you, who are desperate to receive words of encouragement, especially in this fatherless generation. And we, we can speak life and truth into them that can set them up for success in, the li- in their life and all that God has for them. We can speak life or death, blessing or cursing, love or hate, forgiveness or bitterness. Be intentional, whatever you do. In your workplace, why don't you frame the atmosphere with your words? In your leisure activities, use your words to build each other up. In your home, think about how you speak to your family. I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I saw this video on Instagram of a friend of mine in California, and I, I thought I'd share it with you guys. Have a listen. Thanks, Jonathan. Hey, hey you! I did. You're beautiful. I'm beautiful. See, I'm smart. I'm loved. I'm loved. I'm loved. Mommy loves me. Mommy loves me. Jesus loves me. Baby Jesus loves me. Daddy loves me. Daddy loves me. I'm brave. I'm brave. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the queen of the world. Say, I'm kind. I'm kind. I love people. I love people. I love you. I love you. You're the best. I'm the best. Give me kisses. Mwah. Say bye. Bye. Have a good night. Good night, night. Hey, you. Isn't that cute? <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Yeah, can we show our hands who does that? One or two? One or two? Okay. Okay, good. How many of you uh, think that if you were doing that as an adult, it might be prideful? I'm glad. I don't think that would be prideful at all. What words, what culture are we passing on to our children? Are we aware of what comes out of our mouth? Why is it that it seems so much more normal to be encouraging and intentional with our words when speaking to children, but not so much with others? Like as adult, adults, why, why would that be weird? Why would that be unusual? 
we have an opportunity to speak prophetically into situations using the word of God to bring about change. Why don't we start with ourselves? We've got to become a prophet to our own, own life and family. Prophesy things like, all my family will be saved. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I am more than a conqueror. By his stripes, I am healed. My God shall supply all of my needs. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. I am the head and not the tail. I am I, above and not beneath. I'm sure there are many relationships that may have struggled through um, lockdown. And many of them could start to be turned around just by a few words like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Forgive me, I love you. But it can be hard sometimes, right? Why does it often feel easier to leave nice things unsaid rather than speak up? It's worth the effort. We've got to jump over that chicken line. We've got to be intentional. It's time to go against the, the normal insulting comedy we often find here in New Zealand. And realize that our words, even often as jokes, can be destructive. Never underestimate the power of kind words when every, every one of us has the potential to do so much more with them. When God told Abraham that he was going to be the father of nations, he changed his name to Abraham, which, meant, which means father of nations, so that every time someone spoke Abraham's name, it would reinforce his destiny and Abraham would be, begin to believe it himself. What truth do you need from God this morning that you need to be reminded of so much, like it gets repeated as much as your name gets repeated until you believe it. We are designed to use words to create, impart life, and transform situations. I think it's time to rewrite our future. Our words mold our world. Take a minute and ask yourself, what kind of world are you creating with your words? What kind of marriage are you creating with your words? What kind of self-image are you creating with your words? Romans 8:28 says, "And when we know that all things, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We need to take the power of our words and speak to our mountain, take the authority God has given us and command it to move and declare that God will turn it to good. If you could write the next chapter of your life, what would you change? What would you do differently? Your free will, will gives you a lot more power to influence the direction of your life than you may know. As Kiwis, I think there's a, a lot of us that just kind of go with the flow um, because we think that that's easier. But that never pays off in the long run. Intentionality sets, our, sets your life up for success and the key to using your free will is in your words. What are your commitments? What are you going to be yielded to? Or should I say who? Because without Jesus, by default, we are yielded to sin and fear. Or in other words, the, the enemy, the devil. It's him who gives us the power to overcome the evil one, and it's words that are a key part of activating that power in our lives. Psalm 41 verse, 45 verse 1 says, My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. Can I suggest that your tongue plays a huge part in writing the next chapter of your life? Imagine what could happen if we declared the word of God over our lives daily. It's time to have a say in your own future. It's time to pray. Your life moves in the direction of your prayers. 
If you're not praying, chances are you're just going with the flow with, with what's happening around you. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Do we actually believe this? It's time for us to live it. Live like we believe it. Claim it and speak it over yourself, your family, and your community. Shout it even. Why would we ever be ashamed of the word, the living, powerful word of God? When I was 21 and living in California, I realized that I was believing the lie that I had to perform for love, that nobody would love or accept me if I wasn't perfect, if I didn't make mistakes. I had believed this lie for so long and and unconsciously told myself it so much that no amount of worship or prayer or encouragement seemed to help. I came home from, from school one day and decided that I needed to remind myself every day of the truth. So I wrote that truth that God loves me no matter what on my mirror. And I spoke it over myself every day until it became truth at my very core. And that's when it broke the lies of the enemy that this, this one piece of truth that I, I, be, I was very, very intentional with, I believe, has made my life so much better ever since. What piece of truth do you need to go home and write on your mirror? What do you need to be reminded of every day? When we join our words with God's truth, they become miraculous. How are you going to use your words to shape your world? What mountains are you going to overcome through the power of your voice? As you train your tongue to speak life, you will begin to live intentionally and set yourself up for success. It's time to do what Jesus did, to speak to the devil by quoting scripture. Matthew 4 verse 4 says, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. James 4 verse 7, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mark 16 verse 17, In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is in Ezekiel. Anybody else like Ezekiel? There's so much we can learn from this. Ezekiel 37 verse 4, Then he said to me, Prophesy, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. We need to identify the dry bones in our lives and speak to them. Stare straight at the mountain we face and tell it to move. Command any sickness we find to go. If there is any area in our lives that is without hope, it's actually under the influence of a lie. Identify the lie, ask God for the truth and speak it out until you believe it. Ezekiel was to speak to the situation, and so are we. Jesus has all authority. That means all, heavens and earth, everything in it, all authority. And he gives that to us. He tells us in John 14, verse 13 to 14, I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. What have have you missed out on because you were too afraid to open your mouth? What has your community missed out on because you found some reason or excuse to not speak up? What has the world missed out on because you got distracted from praying? As believers with the greatest message of hope, we owe the world an encounter with the loving Father. 1 Samuel 17 verse 45 to 46 says, David said to the Philistine, 
You, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. How many of you have such confidence in God that you'd willingly face a giant that has multiple weapons and you have no physical weapons? I want that kind of confidence in God. I want that kind of faith, that kind of truth. David did not speak about Goliath, how big and how strong and how terrifying he was. He spoke directly to him with 100% confidence in how big and strong and powerful God is. The next verse, uh, Ezekiel 37 verse 7. As I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. We've got to stop begging God to save us from our problems or move our mountains for us. We need to stand up in the authority we've been given and speak to our mountains and tell them to scatter. To sickness, name your sickness and command it to be healed. Don't beg God for healing. We know from the life of Jesus that God wants to heal. There is no way God would want to stop us from receiving the full reward of what his son paid for at the cross. Finances. I speak to you financial lack and, de- and declare it is time for abundance. My Lord, my Lord will provide for all of my needs. Freedom. Attack. Affliction. Leave me now in Jesus' name. Relationship. I declare re- reconciliation in my relationship in Jesus' name. Declare with your mouth and believe in your heart the truth we have been given in the word. Acts 9 verse 40 to 41 says, Peter sent them out of the room, sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called to, for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. So, Tabitha was dead, if that wasn't clear. Should have pretensed that a bit. <laughs> Jesus said, get, oh, sorry, Peter said, Tabitha, get up, and then took her by the hand. If I could have the band up, that would be awesome. Thanks, Isaac. Peter prayed, but then addressed death, addressed Tabitha, and commanded Many of us get as far as praying, but there's more we can do. We've got to make the, the, the addition to prayer command. Don't just pray, declare, prophesy, and command as well. Declaration is a form of prophesying where you are activating your faith and speaking something into being. Look at a situation and, be, and open your eyes to, or ask yourself, what do I need to speak into being for this situation, for this mountain to move? I know it's been a lot this morning so let me summarize for you anyone in the house interested in learning to be better with their words yeah some people okay number one spend time pursuing God and experiencing the power of his words we can't pass on what we don't have ourselves spend time pursuing God and experiencing the power of his words number two claim his words for yourself as a son or daughter created in his image. Know who you are. Know whose you are. No one can take away your identity. 
No one, only you. Only you can convince yourself you're anyone other than who God created you to be. Number three, be aware of the power of your words and throw away destructive ones. Just do away with them. Waste of time. Be aware of the power of your words. Number four, declare truth over mountains in your life until you believe it. You don't see that mountain move the first time you declare it? Try again. Keep declaring it. Stand firm. Stand on the truth of His Word. Have faith. Number five, thank God for His goodness and power, whether you see Him show up the way you wanted Him to or not. Even if He hasn't done it yet, thank Him that He will do it. Do you know His timing is even better than our timing? What mountain are you facing this morning?